Hey, hey, good morning. I was hoping that would get a laugh, okay? So, welcome, welcome. Today is a special, special day. You might have, or maybe, I don't know, because from that video, did that set you up and pique your interest to what's happening today? So, uh, I, I, I was looking for, we got a special Sunday today, and I was kind of looking for a video that would go this, and I, I don't know, I make these bumper videos, so this for me just like killed me. I have like all kinds of like time-lapse footage and stuff too, okay? The farmer crossing his arms, right? Uh, um, and those, but did you ever sit there and wonder, what is that bumper for? Uh, yeah, some of you probably have, right, maybe? Oh, that allowed me time to move these stools, did you notice? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, it just helps us kind of set the mood and stuff like that. But today, Matt is actually on vacation. And we decided kind of as a staff to have a special Sunday to really kind of highlight the staff so you kind of get to know the staff, who they are, and their ministries, and kind of what they do. Because sometimes you don't always hear about, you know, what's going on in kids, what's going on in youth, and stuff like that. For you to know who is, who is doing that, who's their families, or stuff like this. And kind of get to know a little bit of these people a little bit better. So we were really excited. We want to talk about you know, who we are, what we do, what makes us tick about ministry, and hopefully maybe how you can be involved if you're not involved in some way. And uh, we have a motto around here that we say that we believe everybody sweeps, and it takes an army to put on Sundays, to put on youth group nights, kids stuff, all those things. It really takes everybody pitching in and doing something for us here. And um, you guys make the difference of what this is for a church. So um, I'm, I hope you enjoy today. We're going to get a chance to hear from all of our staff. Maybe you don't even know who all of our staff Staff are okay, and um, so we're gonna do that. And first, I'm gonna call out Reese Vinterton. Give it up for Reese. How you doing, Reese? Is your mic on? Let's see. I don't know. You told me. It was. Yes. Okay. I told you it was. <laughs> Perfect. Are you nervous? Okay, good, good. Reese, so uh, I'm just going to kind of ask you a few questions and, and have you share some stuff. Why don't you start out with just your family? I think we've got a little picture here, too. Introduce us to your family, who all these great-looking people are here. Uh, well, my husband, David, is on the far left. Then there's me, my oldest son, Brett, uh, his wife, Andrea, and then Caitlin, my other daughter-in-law, Xavier, my grandson, and my middle son, Blake, and my youngest son, Bo. Nice. What a fabulous-looking family you've got there. And, and uh, you were talking about your kids had grown up here in the church here, too. So, so for, for you, a question that it's, we were asking, how long have you been at Redemption Church? It goes beyond even Redemption Church. Tell us that. It does. We started—my husband and I started attending here in or Duval Church, which our church kind of came from, in 1992. Um, 1997—oh, I guess that's the next question, so I'm going to skip that— um, 92. I'm slow with math, so I that's... I know. We're old. But anyway... Whoa, a lot of years. <laughs> but no, my, <laughs> my kids all did grow up in the church here, doing uh, vacation Bible school. I mean, there's still people here, like Potters and Powells, that have known my kids since they were little, and it's so fun when they come back and they still see the same faces, and they went to school with a lot of the, the younger people here, too. And so... Um, and I think it's awesome. I mean, to be here, and you've been on staff... Since most 97 yeah that is amazing like and yeah. that's that just awesome because a lot of people staff don't last a lot of times that long in places right yep. so for <laughs> that's true <laughs> i must be doing okay you're doing great it's not it was a compliment it was a compliment <laughs> she's been here through many changes and that speaks volumes right yeah, it was tough. Church, churches change and stuff like that but um thank you Reese, for just being here and continuing to be a part of sure. all this stuff so what what exactly do you do 
at Redemption so Church. Basically, I handle the money and the bills and the mm. reconciliations and the financial reports and um, anything else they like to throw my way, pretty much. Um, yeah, just Finances me. are a big thing. That probably takes a lot of your day-to-day stuff, yes. just uh, all that and balancing all the books and all those things, paychecks. It, we it like does. That part. Building yeah. stuff now. Is, Building uh, is huge. Busy, but very exciting as well. And what's, what's, there's another part, kind of a key part of your role here that people kind of maybe know, maybe not. Yes, equally as important to me is um, my role as leading the guest experience team, which is basically just providing the guest experience when people come to the church. And um, when you say guest experience, who, what all is that? It's reaching out. It's the greeting people at the door. It's the coffee. It's the refreshments. Um, it's just being a friendly face. And yeah. It's very important to me because I actually grew up in a very strong um, Christian home. My dad was a pastor. But during those years of late high school, college age, and whatever, I did not make it a priority. Never really lost my faith, but did not make it a priority. And when my husband and I started having children, I really wanted to go back to church, and he did as well. So we visited various churches um, in the area. We lived in Kirkland at the time. And they were all fine. They're all good. But they just didn't reach us. Like, you know, like we felt this was home. And there was one church that came along, and oh my goodness, it was, I mean, if I could only do the hospitality that they did at this church, but we came with our two young children, and boy, we had offers for brunch to come after church. We had them. I mean, they weren't too much. It wasn't like they were bothering us. It was just, they were so loving and welcoming, and to be honest with you, that's really what really brought us back to Jesus, and then the people, they were so Christ-centered, and I just wanted to be like these older women that would get up at five in the morning to have their quiet time before they got their kids up, and it was just, it was inspiring, and my husband felt the same way, and so we stayed there for quite a few years, and then we moved out to Woodenville, and we needed to find another church, so we ended up at Duval Church, and I've just always felt so important to make church a home for people, it's just that we are the hosts and hostesses of this church on Sunday mornings. If you consider yourself a regular attender, I think everybody should be on this guest experience team in their own way of greeting and Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit, like, right? It's so, so, you know, you oversee certain people, and it's like you've got certain people that are like, well, I'm a host. And um, they can they can help with doing that, but but in the church where you're at, it sounds like even those people that weren't officially had a title were mm-hmm. super welcoming, and that's something that we all can do, right? Absolutely, I encourage everyone if this is your church home, you know, particularly going into this new building, there's gonna be a lot of new faces, and and what do we want to show them? I mean, we know what the world sometimes says about churches and how we are, and I just I, I want to disprove that. I want our church to be just full of love and kindness, where people feel welcomed and valued when they walk in our doors. Yeah, you were saying like they feel like they've come into your home, right? Yeah. You think, <laughs> and, and you think about it, if you, I mean, yeah, you may, if you invite a stranger, maybe you don't invite strangers that often over, but um, if you invited a stranger to your home, you would you would strike up a conversation with them, I you would, would think, right? You would open the door so, for them, you'd so, show them where the bathroom is, you would And sometimes it's a little awkward, but I think it's okay for us to step out of that awkwardness, right? And just you know, welcome them with that. So a practical thing they could do would be even just like introduce themselves, right? If they Absolutely. don't know who they are, oh, get to know them. Yeah. And uh, you're not committed to like, you know, going out to lunch with them, but maybe if you wanted to do that or anything can just make a difference because it made a difference for you guys, right? It, it changed my life. Definitely. Relationships. They say a lot of reason people stay in church is because of relationships, and uh, which is kind of cool. So um, Within yours, what, you know, if somebody was, was looking to get involved in serving, what is, what would that kind of look like for your ministry in well, hospitality? My ministry is pretty much, I consider kind of the easiest one to do. Um, 
I, I can get a lot of help usually. People are really wonderful about serving and greeting and doing the coffee and donuts. So it's a perfect on-ramp. If you're a little nervous about getting your feet wet and serving at the church, it's the perfect place to start because it's, it's a once-a-month once commitment, same day of the month or same week of the month that you serve. And finding substitutes if you can't make it is super easy. And so definitely it is one of the easier If you can make ones. coffee or serve a donut, well, you can do it. Make coffee is actually made. You, just gotta, you actually really just have to smile and be friendly and make people feel welcomed and valued. Good. That is very good. Um, within that, so what? Um, how could we be kind of just praying for your ministry? Just that... Um, particularly when the building comes in and we're going to be rolling stuff out, new things and uh, new ideas. Um, yeah, we're going to know our team is going to be talking a lot about stuff we want to do, how we want it to look like, you know, things like that. And we love to have ideas for that. So I would just be praying for that. I want, I want it to be a good experience and people start coming into seeing the new building mm. and hopefully just leading them to Jesus, which is yeah. the absolute end goal. End goal. feel mm -hmm. like they're coming home. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Anything else? Nope. Just okay. that I just love it here, and I love all my family out here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Reese, for all your service and for being here. Let's give Reese a big hand. All right. We got Scott next. I'm going to let Scott. Are you? I don't, I don't have to sit next to you, do I? Trent? You can stand. Okay, you, you can, can stand turn this microphone yours. off. I'm yeah. Good. I'll, I'll just um, sit here maybe. And my name's Scott Thompson. I'm the executive pastor here. Um, I have been part of this church since its inception. Uh, and, and a little bit before at the last church. Poor Tr Trent needs a hug. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, I've been married for 43 I'm just here years to, to my then lovely wife. And we have a dog. Um, we also have two uh, uh, adult kids. Austin lives in the Bay Area, works for a software company. Albany lives in Denver, works for a technology company. And she's getting married a week from today. So I will not see you next Sunday. I will be in Denver. Yeah, thank you. Um, as executive pastor, you oversee a bunch of different stuff. And one of the things I oversee are regroups. And that's what we call our small groups. It's one of the things I'm very excited about. I would have fought to oversee that if I wasn't asked to because of how transformational it was for me. Um, I publicly declared my faith when I was 12 years old. But you could not have convicted me of being a Christian until I was about 24 because there was really no evidence of that. When I was 24, I got attached to a small group, and that's when I started growing in my spiritual life and my biblical knowledge. I had, um, it was a men's group. I had men that would pray for me, hold me accountable, and I would do the same for them. It was really, really transformative, and if you haven't been in a small group before, or maybe you're not in one now, I'd encourage you to try one of our regroups. We're going to start um, pushing them again in about two weeks. We're going to have a table in the commons and kind of list all the ones that are available. If you study the church and what Jesus says about the church in the New Testament, there's about 12 or 16 things that he lists that the church is supposed to do. Most of those are done better in a small group than in a big group. It's easy for us to be anonymous in a church. There's about 400 people that call Redemption Church home. It's easy to be anonymous, and that's not what Jesus calls us to be. We are called to be known and to know others. We're called to pray for each other. We're called to confess to each other. All these things and I know that men in particular find this very uncomfortable. So men, man up, put your big boy pants on, and give it a try. It's a really, really good time for you to grow through, through regroups. So if you're going to be praying for, uh, for this, please be praying that there will be people that are maybe just on the cusp that uh, God was going to force over and get to visit a, a regroup. 
pray that God will uh, raise up more leaders. We have, I think, four new regroups starting um, next month, but that's a really, really important ministry to me. One of the other ones I'm just going to share about today is our safety team. If you've uh, come in by car, you've probably been greeted by the safety team, right? You see guys walking around, they usually have earpieces in, and the main job for the safety team could really fall under uh, guest experience because we want to make sure that everyone feels welcome and valued. I don't know if you know this, but the, these organizations that give data to churches do these studies. Most people that visit a church decide whether they're going to return next week in the first 10 minutes of hitting the parking lot. Now, if you think about that, 10 minutes from when you hit the parking lot, you probably haven't heard a note played. You certainly haven't heard anybody teach. So it falls to the guest experience and the safety team to really make sure that you feel welcome. So I hope that you did. The other things that the safety team do is we are responsible for the security in the building. Like we want to make sure people uh, wandering through RCA is going to oversee that. If there's some kind of uh, unusual situation, if there's a medical emergency, all of our safety team know that Dr. Joe is our contact this morning. There he is. So every morning we have somebody assigned to, if, you know, Echo Building, which is on target for us to occupy the building in February. So this is going to come up really, really fast. By the way, our new building is on Main Street. Somebody asked me that the other day on social media. Uh, next to the Twin Dragon is where we're building our new building. But the new building for the safety team is going to have extra challenges, right? Um, we're going to have a lot more people visiting just because of the location. We're going to have, we're immediately going to be going to two, maybe three services. So there's going to be that dynamic of uh, exchanging parking lots, right? We want to be good neighbors to the other businesses there. We want to make sure nobody gets run over on 203. The last time we met on 203, I had one of my friends in the police department call me up and say, please don't let your people cross mid-block. <laughs> during the service. I said, okay, we'll see what we can do. Um, so we will need more people for the safety team. So if that's something you can do, or maybe right now you're serving on a team that's going to go away in about f four months, five months, uh, like on the setup teams, I, I need you. Come see me, all right? So please be, be praying about that. And that is, I think, all I got. Scott just does, like, everything. I don't know if you realize, too. Everything that's else that's not done falls under Scott, and Scott is just so awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. Yep, you're good. Next out to share, yep, Jesse's up. Jesse, give Jesse a hand, our youth pastor, Jesse. Good morning. How's everyone this morning? Hi. Uh, well, my name is Jesse Estrin. I'm director of student ministries. Uh, and my story actually goes back not as far as Reese's, but it goes pretty far back. Um, in fact, Scott was my third grade Sunday school teacher. A long time ago. I can't remember what age you're at in third grade, but it was a long time ago. Um, and so my family, uh, I can remember it one snowy day. Um, my parents live on the other side of the valley, and we used to attend a church in Seattle when I was a kid. And one snowy day, they said, we're not going to drive into Seattle. We'll go into Duval. Then we came across the Duval church, and the rest is history. Um, my story is that I was in Sunday school, did children's church, um, loved it. And when I hit sixth grade, I wanted nothing to do with youth ministry. Nothing. I'm really selling it right now, right? Um, wanted nothing. Uh, in fact, uh, people were encouraging me to go to youth group, uh, middle school, Sunday school. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with uh, student ministries. I remember uh, the day I went up to um, the barn where my mom was. I was going to tell her about my neighbor, Scott. He was having this uh, birthday party sleepover, right? 
and I was like, he's my best bud. And I'm going to go, and I'm so excited. So I'm like, Mom, next Friday is Scott's birthday. We're going to do a sleepover, just letting you know. And she looks at me, and she goes, that's lovely, but you can't go. Well, why not? Well, we signed you up for uh, summer camp. You did what? I was in tears. I was so mad that I couldn't go to my best friend's birthday party, and I had to go to this summer camp of a youth group I didn't want anything to do with, right? But man, I went. Actually, that week before, I went to youth group for the first time, met a few kids, and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it was. I uh, got to know some of the leaders, um, still people that I know to this day uh, that have impacted my life, and then went to summer camp, and I mean, it just, it was transformational. I can still remember the games we played. I can still remember the skits that happened. I can still remember the points that were given. Uh, the very first uh, summer camp I went to way back in a oh, long time ago, 2000-something. And that opened up the door for youth ministry. I fell in love with youth ministry. Uh, I remember as a middle schooler, we went to, um, it was called Youth Quest. It was like a... Uh, missions and um, how would you say it like an outreach event in downtown Seattle we stayed at a church in the Rainier District which if you know the Rainier District it's pretty rough and what it worked like is in the morning you would go out with groups and you would do service projects like one morning we made sandwiches and handed them out to homeless in Pioneer Square the next morning we worked at uh, an MS home doing like yard work and fixing up stuff and then the next day we went and took graffiti off of the elementary school and then at night they would do a, a lesson and worship and an altar call and I remember the last night I was there I remember sitting like six rows back the worship bands playing on the stage and the guys talking about how man if you have sin in your life that you don't think you can get rid of the cross is sufficient for you and I, I can I can remember as a sixth grade boy, sitting in that pew, looking to my right at my friend and saying, God would want her because she's innocent. She doesn't have a whole lot of sin. She doesn't have the problems I'm struggling with. She doesn't have any of this. God would want her. He wouldn't want me. Why would he, why would he use me? And I just sat there just crying and broken as a sixth grade boy thinking, I know God exists. I know he loves, but he, like, why would he want to use me? And at that time, my youth pastor... Uh, JP came over and he sat down with me and he just explained to me that the cross is sufficient for every sin. That the things in your life that are holding you down, man, they, they're thrown as far as the east is from the west, that God wants you. He doesn't pick the perfect, he doesn't pick the team A, you know, like we're going through a series right now in, uh, in youth group where we're looking at stories in the Bible and we hold these people up, you know, like, well, look at what Moses did. But Moses was this kind of cowardish, stuttery, like, wasn't very confident, but because God used him. And I remember sitting there thinking, God, God really wants me? And that changed everything. That night, it wasn't just that I grew up in a Christian home or had a Bible or prayed before meals or bed or went to church every Sunday. It wasn't any of that. This was, this was something that was mine now. This was a relationship that I have with Christ. And so as we've... Um, been talking as a staff, what does it look like to have kind of a mission statement, right, in our uh, respective uh, lanes of ministry? And I've been trying to think about uh, and process and work through what RC student ministries, uh, what makes them tick? What, why do we show up every Tuesday and Thursday, every event? Um, why do we do this? And 
uh, it comes down to that RC Student Ministries exists to help students discover their identity in Jesus. Tomorrow, hundreds of students are going to walk through this very building, and they are going to put their identities in things that are of this world. And they are going to fall short of feeling true purpose, true hope, true love. They are going to find themselves wondering if there's something more or if this is ever going to fulfill, and they're going to pour themselves in, right? Uh, you are going to find your identity in something in this world, and it only lasts as long as you are in this world. And even then, it can be stripped away, right? Everything is one move away from, from falling apart. But an identity in Jesus is eternal. An identity as a child of God, something that you can lean into and say, this isn't just a, well, you know, we can say, we hope the Seahawks win, right? That, that's just kind of like, that'd be nice, but with Jesus, it's not a hope. We're like, well, I hope this is true. I hope heaven's on the other side. I hope I'm, you know, got a home. But when we look at what scripture tells us, oh, man, that hope is eternal. That hope is true. That hope is excitement. I use the word discover, right? So to help students discover their identities in Jesus. Because discovery implies that there's something to be found. And it's, when you think of discovery, usually you think of a treasure hunt, right? Like you're going to discover some treasure. Like this is, this is us as student leadership helping students discover that truth of being a child of God. And for some, they're already, a children, they're already a child of God. So what does that look like, you know? So we walk through how can God use you? How can God propel you? How can God uh, put you on mission? What is he teaching you? And then for others, it's let me show you an identity that you can hold on to, right? When popularity, when uh, sports, when uh, your career choices, whatever it is, when all these things that we put all our eggs in that basket and it falls apart, God doesn't. And so we talk about our identities. And then, again, in youth, when you're in that middle school, high school age, you're trying to figure out who you are, right? It changes. I, I don't have any pictures. Um, I think I'm supposed to introduce my wife, too, aren't I? You were. I was going to yeah. remind you that if we this forgot. my lovely wife. What's her name? Her name is Cassie. Okay. I jumped again. I'm sorry. It's all right. I, was, I wasn't going to let you forget. But I can think back to when I was in middle school, right, and how many different phases I had. I was telling uh, one of the kids in children's church this morning when I used to spike, I don't have any hair, but when I used to spike my hair with blue gel, like the cowlick, you know, and then I went from that to the emo side, and, uh, and I didn't have money to buy, like, the legit armbands that, you know, you always used to wear when you listened to punk rock, and so I took old socks, and I cut the top off, and Sharpie designs in them and wore them. Like, I was, <laughs> I was all about, you just, you change so much. You put your, you, you just, <laughs> more than you want to know. Uh, <laughs> I tried all sorts of things, right? You're going to adjust. You're going to try to figure out what you like. And then you hit high school, and it's like, well, now you're talking college. Now you're talking career. Now you're talking, what do I want to do every day for the rest of my working life? That's a lot of things to figure out. And those things aren't bad, but when your identity, when who you are first and foremost is a child of God, is a Christian, is a follower of Jesus. When that is first and foremost, nothing else matters. If, you're, if your pursuit is football and you shatter your leg and you can't run anymore, you still have Jesus. When you pursue a career and the economy tanks and all of a sudden that career is no longer on the table, but you still have Jesus. That's why we pursue identity. That's why we pursue pointing them to Jesus. That's why we pursue pointing them to the one who absolutely, unconditionally loves them and who calls them to a mission, a purpose that drives them every 
day. And so that's what we do in RC Student Ministries, and we get to do it in a lot of fun ways, right? Um, I get... I think I'm one of the few people in the world who gets paid to take kids to Disneyland. So that's like a fantastic way to do it, right? Uh, we get to go to camp. We get to go uh, wakeboard, not wakeboarding, inner tubing. We get to have delicious food. We get to do all these fun events. And so um, as I'm up here today, if this is something where you're like, youth ministries kind of always intrigued me, but I don't know if I could fit in. I don't know if I could keep up. I don't know if I could do Let me tell you what. I promise you, you can because there will be one or two students who will cling to you, who you will get to know, and that is worth every second you will pour into youth ministry. When you get to sit next to a student crying in a pew because they don't think Jesus loves them, you don't have to be the most hip or the fastest runner or be able to throw or catch a ball. I can't. Uh, you get to share with them who Jesus is and how much his love and his grace is sufficient for them. That is everything. So as we talk about... I think I've answered almost every question up to. I'm not missing anything. No. What? What? So when? When does youth meet? Let's just tell them that. Thank you. I forgot that last week. I came up here and told you all the calendar, and then forgot to tell you when actually youth group was. Uh, so middle school is Tuesday nights, 6:30 through 8:30, and we are currently meeting until the new building. We're currently meeting at Stillwater Church up off of Big Rock, up by Lake Marcel. And then high school is also up at Stillwater uh, Church, and that is Thursday nights, 7 through 9. Uh, PM, And then I have calendars with me. Again, if you have a student, student men, and are of that age and want to know what our schedule is like, I have the calendar for all of this next year until next August, um, including the big ones like the James Memory Trip and camps, um, and, and also our monthly events. Uh, so you can come grab that. But if you have some sort of, like, maybe, again, youth men might be somewhere I can plug in, we are looking for leaders. Youthmen is growing, and the more the leaders we have, the deeper we can dive in those relationships. That's what I was going to say. I remember it now. So, ready for this? Am I taking too long? I am. Okay. All the middle schoolers are like, every week. Um, all right, so this is how we help students discover their identities in Jesus. It's through CPR, right? I was so excited when I figured that out. Uh, CPR, CPR we understand as a medical term for reviving life, right? To bring back life. And so we do that through connecting, pointing, releasing. We connect with them. We build that relationship. Some adult telling a kid that they should follow Jesus without any sort of trust and relationship falls on deaf ears most of the time. And so to have that connection, to have leaders come in and help pour in and say, Man, how was your week? How was the game? What did you do this weekend? How's your family? And know everything about them. That's huge. And then in that connection, in that trust, we get to point them to Jesus. Right? We get to point them to the one who absolutely loves them, put them on mission. And then we release them. What does it look like to go and make disciples of all nations, including the students in these halls you walk through every week? And so we do that through CPR. If you are sitting out there and you're like, well, I don't have the time to commit to a weekly uh, service or um, the expectations of being a leader in youth ministry, uh, we would love just families to step up. Uh, we have some creative event ideas. Uh, last year we ran what we called a progressive dinner for high school, and we stopped at three different homes of families in this church, and they provided an appetizer, a meal, and a dessert, and it was amazing. And so even if you're like, well, I can open up my home on a Saturday night for a movie and a barbecue or something like that, or hey, I would love to provide snacks or a meal for a youth group one night. Occasionally we break out meals uh, in youth ministry and just kind of have a chill night of, of eating together and worshiping together and learning about God together. If that is something you can provide, uh, we would love that. Uh, and most of all, 
your prayer is so coveted. Pray over the students that are in the ministry. Pray over the ones that they are going to interact with at their schools and on their teams and in their neighborhood. Pray over the leaders. Some weeks you roll out and you are excited and you are hyped. And some weeks it is discouraging and it is, man, this has been a really rough week. And so it is up and down for the leaders. And so pray over the leaders. Pray over this next year, right? We've got uh, camps rolling back for the second time. And every time you bring something and you roll it back a second time, it grows. That's really exciting, but it does take more work, takes more uh, people and takes more planning. And so just to have prayer over that. And then prayer for the students who have already been in the youth men and the camp this year that the Jesus they've heard about, the relationship they've been told about would be something they would fall in love with and that would stick and that they would be put on mission and have the identity as a child of God. And I think it went way over time. Yeah, that's good. You covered everything, though. You got it. Yes. Thanks, Jesse. Give Jesse Thank a big you. hand. All right. Great job, Jesse. <clears throat> Thank you for serving youth. You know, Jesse is like, he's one of these guys, as a youth pastor, you're here like all the time. Do you realize that? He's like got, you heard him, Tuesday night. He's a Thursday night. It's Sunday morning. He's got class and stuff like this he's doing. He was on vacation and even came back this Sunday. Thank you, Jesse, just even for being here and uh, always around. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Jesse and Cassie. Dana's here. Welcome, hey, Dana. Hi. Dana, our Thanks children's pastor. Thanks for cheering. Who cheered? Bless you. <laughs> Dana, I feel like we're we're back again, no, Dana. Welcome to the Trent and Dana show, everyone. Yeah, remember? We, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun times back we during did. COVID, huh? We, we got a little crazy. That was kind of crazy. <laughs> so crazy. But um, so, Dana, first off, just tell us, introduce your family. I think we've got a picture, two of yours. Yep. You want to tell Look us who we us. got up there? We're the Baja camping family. See our Baja shirts? We all, we're so together. No, um, I have three kids. Well, I have a husband who's awesome. Yeah. He's up there, Tucker. And then I have three kids. Eugene is five. Abby, well, he's five and a half. Abby is four, and Kate is one and a half. So I'm exhausted. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, we love camping, anything outdoors, dirt bikes, biking, dirt. We have a pile of dirt in our yard that do, just Do your came kids yesterday. have dirt bikes already, too? Is Eugene, Eugene has like, a dirt bike. Abby yeah, has a, like an e-bike. family crazy. So we do. It's true. Yeah. Yep. We love it. They are, they are awesome. So tell us, um, you've had kind of a long history, too, here. I've had a long history Redemption, here, yeah. and even before that. Even before that, us, yeah. I was kind of, of a part of this church body for t 20 or so, 20 or more years, a very long time. I'm looking at people who may have been there then, 20-ish years, right? Um, so I was a church secretary. I was there when Matt first came. He also had more hair when he first came. Oh. He's not here, but he's probably watching. Uh, so anyways, I was church secretary. I worked in the youth ministry for a long time. Uh, what else? Then I uh, came back as children's director. You moved away for a while, right? For like a yeah. split second, I moved to Seattle. Okay. It was a little blip there. And then how long have you been actually doing leading kids ministry? Uh, let's see. My son is five and a half, so five and a half years. I believe that Scott called me. I was trying to remember when I was in the hospital after I had had Eugene. <laughs> right after you give like, birth. He's like, hey, what here's an think? idea for you. And I was like this. I don't know if you know. I just had a baby. And you're so not busy or anything, right? Yeah, you and he's like, no, no, it's okay. You can start in a couple months. And I was like, cool, I'll have it down by then. That's Yeah, perfect. So here I am, three kids later, COVID, a house move, like all the things just keep happening. And 
I'm still here, so I don't know. I'm either crazy or that's good. Well, I, what what all know. do you do? So you're your children's, and what all does that encompass, though? Well, like, uh, what does it encompass? So, on a Sunday morning, like, what does that look like? Is that what you're asking? So, on a Sunday morning, kids show up. Um, we do. We have nursery through fifth grade. Nursery is in a class. Walkers are in a class. Preschooler in a class. And then the K through fifth graders all start out together. We hang out together and color and Play-Doh and play games and whatever. And then um, once most everybody has checked in, because, you know, families with kids kind of straggle in, I get it. So we start a little bit later over there. That's not freedom for you to keep coming late, though. That's I shouldn't have said that. Just, just get here. You're fine. Um, so then we do a video all together. We do raffle tickets. You get a ticket just for showing up. So every kid gets a raffle ticket. If they bring their Bible, if they bring a friend, if they read their Bible through the week, if they had a birthday this last week, they get tickets. So if you're a parent here, you can encourage your kids with that. They can bring Bibles, get a ticket. A lot of kids come and they're like, my Bible's in the car. So they'll still get a ticket. But anyway, lots of uh, area for fun winning little... I, <laughs> I send home all the junk toys. I'm really sorry about that, but the kids love it, so what are you going to do? Um, and then they split into their classrooms. We have currently, because of the space we have available, we have K through second graders together and then third through fifth graders together. So in the new building, we'll have one more split in there so that they're a little bit more with their specific age group because we'll have more rooms available. So. Awesome. It's a, lo a lot of stuff there. What what inspired you? What's kind of your, we've been talking about this with our staff and stuff, your, your mm -hmm. mission and what, what led you, what drives you in life yeah. to work with kids? Um, I think, so when I was a kid, I went to church in Fall City and there was a teacher there named Teacher Vicki and she was like, the teacher like we have teachers that are like you know you teach a Sunday and then you have a day she like taught she still teaches so she's like just been the teacher forever but one of the things that she did was she built relationship with the kids and that was a huge deal I'm a very relationship type my um, if you do the five love languages mine is like time spent together and big on relationships so she would she was like a five, four foot nine, maybe, like, she was as tall as we were, and she would, like, it, she would just get right down with us and talk to us at eye level. If she saw you in the grocery store, it's like, your parents did not exist, just you existed, and when you showed up to church, she was right down there with you. She knew if you played soccer. She knew if you had a rough time at home. She knew how many siblings you had. She knew your name for certain. She knew your name, so it was all of this just relationship stuff, and I know that she taught us the Bible. Like, I know she taught us about David and Goliath and Moses and all that stuff. But the thing that I, like, those took root and build foundation and everything. But the thing that I knew was that she loved me and she wanted me there and she wanted relationship with me. And somehow that translated as Jesus loves me and Jesus wants a relationship with me because there, it was like a tangible way uh, stories for kids are kind of, they have lots of stories thrown at them, right? But when somebody can tangibly show them something that they aren't going to forget, that, that's... She was Jesus with skin she on. Was she was Jesus. With, she was. And so whenever I thought of church, I felt like I belonged because she made me feel as a first grader, as a kindergartner, like I belonged to that church. It wasn't 
I try really hard to not have Sunday school be a daycare place where you get to drop your kids off and have a little break. I love that you get to have a break from your kids, but I want you to know that what we're doing over there is building relationships with the kids. So I, I want it to where you can come over here and relax knowing that they're having fun, that they're safe, that they're gonna learn about Jesus, and so you can relax and be fed over here. But I also want you to know that over there, they are learning that they are part of the church at large and Redemption Church specifically. And so that we're very, I'm, I'm big on, our, our mission statement is helping kids experience the love of Jesus through our relationship with them. So my goal is if I see them in the grocery store or if I see them in the parking lot or when they check in, I can say, hey, how was your soccer game? You had a new baby sister born. How's your new baby sister? You know, all the things so that they know they're a part of our church right now. And that's not a place where we usher them off to until afterwards and they can come get a donut and then they leave, but that they are part of Redemption Church. So when they leave, there is still that heartstring connection that makes them want to still be a part of a church when they grow up and graduate and move out from all of your houses. I know we don't ever want to think about that, but it's going to happen. And we want to know that they're going to know how important a church is and being a part of a church because they've had relationship with people within the church. That's awesome, that personal connection. What are, what are some ways uh, that people could be involved in youth ministry? Uh, youth, sorry, children's. Uh, youth ministry, Sorry, ministry. yeah, Jesse, he spoke for so Actually, long. It's <laughs> just all I can think about is youth, youth, youth. Actually, after all that, I was like, I'm going to go work with right? youth. That sounded right? fantastic. I'm doing that. Um, and kids, because you don't just, it's not just like, you, maybe you can't handle a room full of 20 kids right. on your own, but there's other things, too, you can do there, right? right? Well, I do, I will, th I, knew, I need more teachers. I do need more teachers. So if you think you might, you have to have been a part of Redemption Church for six months. That's, and, and love Jesus. That, those are the two things. Other than that, we can help you do what you want to do. So if you want to come check it out in different areas, you can come kind of be an observer for a couple weeks and see what it looks like. My goal, this is kind of a hard one, I would love for teachers to come teach for a month at a time. And here's why. The preschoolers, they have been doing this for a while, and it's so great because the kids learn who you are, and you know who they are. And that feels like maybe a big ask, but I would love for that to happen. And I don't want to, like, kind of sell it short, but if you teach, if everybody teaches for four weeks, you have, like, three months off where you don't teach. If you want to come teach for a whole year, you can come teach for a whole year. I would be fine with that. But if you're like, I have this much extra to give, I'll take you for one Sunday. But I would love to have, like, we're working on building relationships with the kids, and I think that that's a great way to do it. Um, oh, I forgot I was, I forgot really quickly. I didn't okay. write this down, but I have to say this. If you already volunteer with kids ministry in some way, can you just raise your hand? all over. Kids too. Kids too. I have kids that help. I just, can you just clap for these people right here? You raise your hand. I just want to say a huge thank you to you guys, because whether you are able to do check-in once a week, whether you're able to do nursery once a year, wherever it is that, however you are able to help, I am so thankful, and the kids are so thankful, and I have an awesome team, like a really awesome team working with our kids. And so I don't say any of this as a way like, oh, we don't have this going on, so I need you guys to step up. We are doing these things, and you guys are the reason that we are doing these things because you love kids. So thank you 
for all that you guys give. Those of you who have volunteered, even VBS, if it's a once a year thing, thank you for doing that. Um, another way that you can help, we have check-in. Um, that's a pretty fun one. You get to, if you can, that one, I do require that you know how to smile. So you have to have been coming here six months, love Jesus, and smile, because you are the welcoming people. So if you can smile. It's hard for some people, though. It is hard for some people, in which case I have a job behind the curtain for you. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. We can teach you to smile. It's all right. Um, anyways, check-in people. We need check-in people. That is the what. We have an awesome check-in team. Uh, they, they have this uh, challenge that they try to do. Maybe I shouldn't give away their secrets. Is it okay if I give away your secrets? I'm looking at the bakers. There. As you walk in the door, they try to get your names in so that you're printed out before you even get there. So they try to, like, memorize your names and everything, which I am a huge fan of. So um, anyways, you can do check-in. We have nursery. We need nursery workers, walkers. Um, students, if you want to help, I need helpers in lots of the classrooms. We always need helpers in there. You get to hold babies or play with babies. Um, another way that you can help, and I think that this one is really key, because I know that there are some of you that have the heart to volunteer, but A, right now you're not in a season that you can do that. You're past the season that you can get up and down off the ground. You know, whatever the thing is, we need people to pray for us. I, um, my picture. I have three toddlers. I would love for you to pray for me. I, it is, I love what I do, and I love being a mom, but I am tired. <laughs> so if you would want to volunteer to pray for me, for my family, for me as a mom and a wife, but also as I do the kids' ministry, I feel like there's more we could be doing over there, but I need people to come alongside. So pray for workers. If you are able to get here like at nine o'clock on a Sunday, and walk the halls and pray for our students. You could come in here and pray for this also. Just be people of prayer for the ministry. If that's where you are called to be in this season of life, please do that because we're not going to grow if we don't pray for God to come in and be the one that moves and changes the hearts and opens the minds and settles the bodies so that the little ones can hear over there. So if you can do that, please do that. I mean, email me and say like, let me know how I can pray, and I will send you out email requ or prayer requests, and you can be a part of the ministry that way. So, um, That's yeah. awesome. I just yeah. want to say, too, for Dana, for you, I watch you bring your kids. And, you know, no joke that, that she was called right after she had a baby. And, and most people, the, the norm is like nowadays you have a baby, and then you kind of check out until life gets easy. Which is okay. Yeah. But okay. Dana, her kids come along to everything, mm -hmm. and uh, ministry is just important. She's made that a value, and so she's just, she's bringing these kids along. It is tiring, though, at times, right? It's a little tiring. It's a time. little tiring. They love it, though. They love, my kids, you guys, I just, my kids love coming to this church because this mm. group of people right here are so kind to kids, and my yeah. kids walk in, they go get their donuts, whatever. They feel safe. They feel loved here, and I think that all the kids do that, so whether or not you're actually serving in kids' ministry, you guys are doing an awesome job of just making kids feel loved and welcomed in your church, in our church. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Dana. Great done? job. Do you did want you, me to talk did, some more? Did you have anything else? <laughs> 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 Give Dana a big hand. Great job, Dana.
All right, so I'm the last one, okay? So I, I want to share a little bit too, and uh, I want to introduce my family. You know some of them, but uh, we'll put my family up here. This was just from a recent, we got to go on a cruise, which was super fun a little while ago. My wife, Ella, there, and she's involved in ministry a lot with me here with worship, all kinds of stuff behind the scenes. Our daughter, Annalisa, next to her, she just went back to Portland now, is finishing up her last year in nursing school. And that's my son-in-law there, Daniel, and Sophia, you saw her sing next to him a couple weeks ago. And Caesar, our son there, he's studying at Northwest right now, and his girlfriend Alyssa there too. So, um, and they also, Caesar and Alyssa, so you know, oversee the youth worship for Redemption Student Ministries in the high school area, and they've been doing that for a while. And um, so, how long here? We've been here nine and a half years. It's hard to believe. In February, will we have been here 10 years? Is that crazy or what? Crazy. You know, uh, we, we came from Southern California. Uh, I grew up in Oregon, so I understand, but I never wanted to move back. Okay, okay, I never wanted to move back to the Northwest because I love the sunshine, but I've been loving it. Uh, I've, I've totally been getting in. I've been, this, this summer, I've just been um, engrossed in paddle boarding as much as I can. And you know what? I'm going to try to go through the winter as much as I can. I don't know if I can, but, um, but yeah, fall's officially here. Summer is over. I don't know if you noticed, but the, the puka shells are gone too. That's kind of my summer thing. That's why. So summer is over, so no more puka shells that I've got here. And, um, uh, it's been great, though, for us to be here. I'm the worship pastor here and oversee all things kind of worship and tech in the areas of the church here. And um, so, so my story about what makes me tick for worship was I grew up in a church, and the church— I've shared this story before. It was pretty, uh, just pretty dry, boring music, organ and piano, and kind of singing and stuff like that. And uh, I was always doing music as a kid, but, like, music and church were never, like, together. I think I played a piano solo maybe one time or something like that. But they, they never, like, coalesced at all for me. And uh, when I was in uh, a year of college, community college, and I went to this church, I got hired to play uh, drums there for a big Christmas program. And I had gone back to the church just afterwards for a regular service. And for the first time in my life in a worship service, the, the entire room— was lifting their voice in praise. And it wasn't anything that was contrived or whipped up. It was just people that were worshiping, that were opening their mouths, that were singing, that were lifting their hands, that were pouring out their hearts in worship. And uh, it made me cry today, too, just sitting here, because I kind of had some of those memories again of just hearing God's people worship together. And I was sitting there, and I just— it was in the middle of worship stuff. I had to sit down, and I started bawling because I felt for the first time that God was real, and I knew he was real, and I knew that he loved me and cared for me and had a plan for my life. And it was, it was through a process of there that God just radically transformed my life. And uh, it was, it was kind of neat. Later on, as I, as I was reading a story in Isaiah 6, you know, the story there, it's a kind of a famous story of how Isaiah had a vision of the Lord. And my own life, I felt like kind of correlated a lot with that. You know, he saw the Lord seated on the throne, and the seraphim were worshiping him, crying, Holy, holy, holy. The voices shook the temple, and I said, It's over. I am doomed. <laughs> okay? And uh, because he came face to face with God, and he realized, Wow, in spite of God, God is holy, and I am not. And what can I do? And he was forgiven of his sins. He was relieved of his guilt. 
And then he said, here am I, send me, when they had the call out. And that was kind of my story, too. I, I didn't know what, but I knew I wanted to do something for God, something. And it was those times that helped shape me. It was that experience that helped me want for my mission for worship to help people experience that life-changing presence of Jesus. And we get to do that here on Sundays, right? And uh, Sundays is our time to do that. What, what we value in our worship, we've been working, and we know you've heard some of them talk about our value statements and missions. Um, I value that it's, it's centered on Jesus in our worship, and it's all drawn to Him. That we sing some songs that are focused on Jesus, that are biblically accurate. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the words of Christ dwell in you. Teach and admonish one another with singing. Uh, another thing that we really value is uh, undistracting excellence. It's kind of a weird word you might think of, but uh, a lot of people talk about excellence, and even in the church, and sometimes excellence just kind of rubs me a little wrong because it feels like we want to be excellent for our own excellence sake. But an undistracting excellence says, no, we want to be excellent so that we get out of the way and Jesus is exalted and lifted up, right? I'm always thinking of some of those kind of things, and I don't know, maybe, maybe if anybody can, can, can think of last week, if you were here and you watched and Matt had the shadow that went across his face every time he walked, I don't know if you saw that, but if you, if you did see that, that was like a distraction, right? It was for me, maybe for some of you too. So always trying to do that so we can inspire people and we get out of the way. Another value is just our time of gathering together to worship, okay? And worshiping corporately. We talk about this is kind of one of the only non-downloadable experiences. You can watch worship online. You can watch messages, listen to podcasts and things like that. But when we come together as a church, we are here to worship together, to declare, right? During worship, you can look around. We don't put the lights all the way down so you can't see anything. We don't have the sound so loud that you can't hear anything. We, we want you to hear your fellow brothers and sisters singing, whether it's good or bad. We want to hear that. We want to encourage each other with the truths about who God is, that God is holy, that God is worthy. And it's, it's the greatest commandment. When Jesus was asked in the Bible, right, he says the most important thing is to love the Lord your God. He just doesn't say just that. He says love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? He says that's the first thing. That's the most important. He says love your neighbor. We talk a lot about that. That's second. Love God first, and then your lives are transformed with all your heart, with all your heart, right? Have you seen somebody in love, how they act? You're thinking, like, it's a little weird sometimes, right? But there's an affection. It's okay to show affection. It's okay to show emotion to God, to love Him, to pour out your heart. Because God, that's the most important thing for us. Uh, sometimes I, I, I laugh about it because I think uh, in, in worship, it's kind of the four-letter word that we, some of us don't like to do. It's called sing. But we're commanded all throughout Scripture to sing, to lift our voice, to sing. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's a humbling thing for us to sing, okay? Even, no, no matter what, even if you're a good singer, to sit down there and sing and think, if people are going to be hearing me, you know, do I sing a harmony? Do I sing low, high? What do I do? God doesn't care on that. He wants us to hear our voice. He wants us to pour out our, our love in our hearts for Him. 
Um, it was funny that uh, even Amy read, I love this, she was reading from Psalm today, praise him with my whole heart, right? Not just part of our heart, our whole hearts, that's what we want to do. And uh, some specific needs with, within worship, too. We are always looking for people uh, to be involved and help us. If you've got, you know, talents within music and arts, um, it could be even, you know, making videos and stuff like that. Maybe you love video editing. I do all those bumpers and stuff. That's why that just kind of cracked me up, that bumper that we had today. But uh, we, we love sometimes having people that are, that are helping out with those things. Um, if you like to be behind the scenes, we're always needing people behind the scenes to help out with uh, the tech stuff that happens. And um, so you can do that. You don't have to be on stage. Maybe you have a love for worship. You're just like, I can't contribute anything. You can contribute that. If you can run a computer, we can show you how to do stuff, okay? And... Um, um, so it's an easy thing with that, even if you aren't musical. Um, here's even a simple one we've got a need for, and it, it just came up again this week. If you have a truck that can pull a trailer, I need another two, one or two tr trailer drivers, okay? I had to call somebody up again this week to say, man, can you do it again one more time in a row? If you got that, that's, that's a simple thing you could do. You could sign up and be a part of that, okay? And... Um, you can be praying for us in that to raise up more people, always. We were talking about the new building that's coming up, and uh, we're all going to need more people. We're all going to need to be involved, I think, and step up at what takes place there. And uh, pray for us to keep improving our skills so, so we're not a distraction. There's going to be a lot coming up with the new building and to figure out those things, right? And uh, I'm, so, I'm so proud of our team, too, that's, that's doing this all the time. You know, our guys that are learning how to run a soundboard that have never done it, how to do all kinds of stuff. Stefan has learned like 5,000 different things that I've taught him. Like, hey, Stefan, can you learn how to do this? He's like, okay, right? And he's done it. So he's learned all these skills and stuff that we would continually do that. Um, for everyone, you can pray for yourselves and everyone that we would really come here and encounter a living God, that we would be changed, that our hearts would be open to worship him, that we would come expecting, expecting God to move in our lives. And uh, that's kind of with the, with the worship part. So just kind of in conclusion to wrap all this stuff, right? Be praying for all your staff. These are amazing people. And being on staff at a church is, is not like most regular jobs. It's a calling for all of these people. You've heard they're sacrificing, they're giving. You know, we, we, we are all doing this because we just feel passionate about it, about helping people for Jesus and using our skills that we've got. And we would love to just lock arms and do it together. Um, Dana talked about this. Enlist your kids. Okay, our kids too were always involved in ministry. We kind of did the same thing as Dana. We we brought our kids along to church every time. We'd have cribs set up in a certain room as we were doing stuff, and our kids all learned to do ministry and love ministry and do that. So doing ministry is something that you can do. A junior higher and a parent can do it together, right? That is awesome. A younger child and a parent can do it together. Serve as a family. That can be an incredible thing to be able to do. That can create bonds in the church, and you will find your lives are changed too. And uh, this, this is, don't see this at all as any kind of guilt trip. I was at a church once, and, you know, they kind of had this, like, step up to serve. And it was like, before you leave the building, everybody needs to sign something, you know, and check the area of where you're going to serve. We're not doing that. I understand. And like Dana said, too, there's some times where it's not your time and your season, and we know that. And that is okay. That is okay. And, again, huge thank you to all the people that are serving, everyone that's doing this stuff. We have fantastic people at the church here, okay, that are working with us. And uh, so, you know, too, we made it kind of easy because we would love to enlist more people 
if you haven't had anything that you're doing, there's on RC News in your app is a link for all the staff members' emails, okay? So that's an easy way we just put in there. If you're just thinking, man, I'm just even kind of thinking about it, okay? Shoot us an email, and let's talk about things of what we can do. I want to end again with that scripture we started with to read again from Matthew 20 that just says, Jesus... And, and it was, Jesus was, was, when he was talking, he was wanting his disciples to be different from the way that the world works, right? And earlier in this, James and John were asking for a place of honor, like next to Jesus. They still didn't get it. And he's like, can we sit at your right hand? You know, and Jesus is like, um, no, you guys don't get it, really. You know, you're going to have to be the least, you know. They were wanting this position of honor, and that's not what it's about. But he says, Jesus says again, but, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came to not be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus was an awesome ex example of that, that he came to serve, and we want to be like him too. Uh, we're going to wrap up things today. I want to pray. If you would, bow your heads right now with me. And uh, I just want to pray a little bit quickly for these ministries and uh, to go over them, and they're going to finish up with, with a song here. But pray with me. Jesus, I thank you for our staff here of what we have at Redemption and uh, the, the visions you have given all of us and the, the burning passion and desires to see the church mobilized for you, for worshiping you, for reaching the youth and children for you, for reaching the community around us for you, Jesus. And you've given each of us just unique giftings and talents talents and desires and who we are and it's amazing to see it all work together I'm, I'm just like so overwhelmed all the time when like Sundays come off and all the people that are involved to make this happen and and I know we have a new chapter coming up God that we're getting so excited about and God I pray you would be with us every step of the way with this new building with new people that will be coming God may this place feel like a home a home for people that comes may that start within each and every one of us that we are welcoming God that we are here to serve, that we are here to worship you, Jesus. And we thank you. God, I just lift Jesse and the youth up to you. God, that you would work in that area. Scott and all that he oversees and the massive duties and responsibilities he had, that your blessing would be upon him. The regroup starting up, God, that you would really grow up some incredible groups there. For Reese and just her teams, God, that you would help this church to just be truly the most welcoming, where her people would rub off onto other people too. For Dana and the kids, that they would grow up knowing Jesus, not just having fun, but having personal connections with people, knowing Jesus for worship, God, that we would come expecting, that we would come and be not be afraid to lift our voices, and that, God, you would be glorified, that we would worship you with all our hearts, Jesus, with all our hearts, and pour them out to you. So I thank you for that, God. We love you so much, Jesus. We praise you and thank you in your good name. Amen. Amen. Would you go ahead and